Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Remember my idea. Uh, there's a lot of signs out there that says defund the police. I say change that first word. It's now D-E-F-U-N-D. Take the second E out. And uh, and uh, make it uh, take the U out and make it the second E, and you'll have defend the police, which I think we should do. So instead of D E F U N D, it's D E F E N D. Uh, meanwhile, the congressional Democrats wearing the traditional African scarves. That's great if they want to do it. That's fine, uh, but I think they're just pandering for votes. That's all. It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. They were given the scarves by uh, members of the caucus. However, uh, I'd never seen one of them wearing a scarf like that ever before. They all wore it on the same day. So I'm thinking that's not a tribute. That's just pandering. I'd like your opinion on that. Also, the tweet uh, where the president says that Marty uh, Gugino uh, indeed uh, might be an Antifa uh, member. I don't know if that's true, but he said that he fell harder than the push would uh, dictate, and that is absolutely true. We said that. Uh, we, th- we think it, um, he was barely touched. But the good news, the good news is that he's getting better, and I think he's getting better so fast that he could be off his feet in a few more days. So that's good. And uh, we, we wish him a, a quick recovery. Now, uh, with all that's going on, do you look at the police the same way? I've always looked at the police in a favorable light. As I said, I've had friends that are sheriff's deputies, friends that are troopers, uh, and uh, they, they're standard, uh, they're stand-up guys, stand-up guys. And I think the police have a tough job to do. Now, I've watched every episode of, ta- of Cops since it started, and I guess they've pulled the show off the air because of some, some sensitivity. Why? Because it shows the good side of cops or what cops have to go through. Uh, they pulled that in, on, I guess, the live PD. I, the live PD was on last night. Um, that, I'm not a huge fan of that show, uh, so I'm not going to miss it that much. You guys like the live PD show? I will. You know, Jeannie usually has it on. She loves that. That's one of her favorite programs. And, you know, I'll look at it for a little bit. But, uh, no, I don't spend too much time on it. I like the regular cop show. How about you, uh, Buzzy? I I love both of them, you know. Uh, Friday, Saturday nights, if there's nothing going on, uh, Katie and I have been known to watch all three hours of live PD. And, Sandy, I've talked to you about Mondays. Uh, We used to love watching the Cops Marathon on Paramount before the new episode at 10 o'clock. 
Yeah, whenever I see a, a cops marathon, I t- I tape the whole thing, and then I have uh, uh, things to watch if I need a half hour here, half hour there. And so I watch it a lot, and I've been a fan of it. Well, let me tell you this. There's this thing called Pluto TV. It's free. It, it, it's a bunch of free television stations. Um, it's an app you can put on your TV, and there is a 24-7 cops channel where they just stream episodes of cops nonstop. Well, I would put that, uh, I, I would put that on my TV, except I already have an app for Panera's. Oh, that's- so I don't have room for two apps. <laughs> I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, so am I. All right. Let us go to line three. It's Eileen in South Buffalo. Eileen, you're on WBEN. Thank you. Hello, Eileen. In response, I want to say one thing in your conversations with Buzzy. They are having conversations with the wrong people. Everyone should be at the table when they tell us that the mayor met for four hours with the protesters. How does that help? And I love your defend the police. Defend instead of defund. Uh, yeah, I think that's really a good idea. Yeah, and you know they say we don't have a, a, a realistic view of the minority community, and yet who's in who's in the national conversation that was on last night? Oprah. Do you think Oprah is a normal minority person? Mm. Oprah is one of the richest people on the planet. Now she may have a problem here and there, like everybody does. Uh, but I would hardly say that she would have a more comprehensive view than an average minority person. And I keep asking myself, what would I say if I saw the district attorney or the mayor? I would say, shame on you. You've ruined the lives of two good men. And it- Yeah, the, especially the DA. The DA made the decision. Yeah. I think it was a uh, a poor decision. I think he was shaking when he made it. He didn't want to face the uh, outcry of the mob, so he does this soon to try and keep him quiet. That's exactly the wrong thing to do. And it was a perfect storm. That man, I am not going to give him the pleasure of saying his name, is a well-known activist here. He has that right, but he had no right to engage a protected police line after a curfew, especially what went on the night before a woman drove through a police line. Yeah, and they were told, uh, pardon me, they were told to stop and uh, three times and didn't stop. When he directed not to come to them, ignored them. He started brushing the one police officer with his cell phone. We never hear anything about him doing anything wrong. Yeah, he was not a babe in the woods. He went looking for trouble. He got more trouble than he knew. And if it were not for his uh, misstep, uh, that was this, that was the only thing that caused this whole, uh, uh, this whole furor. And he went there looking for it, and he found it. He lost his balance by his own dramatics. That's true. Okay. Thank you very, very much, Eileen, uh, for calling. Let's do the break now. We'll be back with more on News Radio 930 WBEN. Oh, let's go to a voice we love to hear that belongs to Line 3, Anne from Buffalo. Anne, you're on WBEN. Good afternoon. Hello there, Anne. What's on, what's on Anne's mind today? I tell you, I never thought I would see in 2020 that I'm living in the 60s. Um, I have an issue with a lot of stuff. I thank God that my parents didn't raise us the way 
that these people are behaving. We were raised there to treat everybody right. We're going to have good times. We're going to have bad times. We're going to have all of that stuff. But with me, I trust God. This is all about politics. They will sell their mother to get rid of Donald Trump. Nobody said anything when this woman ran down this, these police. Nobody said a word. Not a peep. What's so different? If you heard one, you heard another. Black Lives Matter and all of these people, they have not said anything about how all, of the, all these people in Chicago be killing each other. Black folks, in other words, is what I'm saying. They kill each other. Black Lives Matter haven't said anything, not a word. So it's okay to kill up the police and you get mad about that, but it's, it's okay also uh, for them to kill us. And I tell you something, it's a sad day in Black Rock because I've never seen so much crap a day in my life. <laughs> I've heard about Baron Brown for years and years and years. Somebody finally took the muzzle off his mouth, and I'm glad of that. But do I believe what he said? No, I don't. I look at Como, the governor. He like a dog in heat. He do not care about these people. None of these politicians in New York State care about black folk. Bingo. And as far as all these rags and things, who cares? Let them put them up in their skirts or wherever they put them at. But everybody really needs to be very, very, very careful because nothing is not going to change. I remember when you gave me at least 20 minutes one day to tell these people in New York State about voting for Como. And you did that as I told them, do not vote for this man. They make a fool out of black folks. And black folks, for some reason, say the Democrats love them. What a joke. They don't love them. They like power. They greedy. The whole night, yes. And with that, I love you and have a good Well, you're right about that, Ann. That's why they do it. They're very selective in their choice. And obviously, when you talk about uh, uh, being brought up in a proper family atmosphere, you're a good example of why it works. And uh, we always uh, welcome your calls. Thank you very much, Ann. Uh, were, were we having um, uh, phone problems, or is it my headset? No, uh, that's uh, that was phone issues. Phone issues, okay. Yeah, we love it when we talk to Ann because uh, she gets right to the point. She knows what she's talking about, and uh, and and she lets you know it. And we always uh, welcome when she uh, when she calls. Let's go to Jerry in Getzville. He's on line five. Jerry, you're on WBEN. Hello. Hello there, Jerry. What's on your mind today? Uh, this is Larry. Oh, okay. We'll, we'll change your name back to Larry. What's on your mind today? I, I haven't heard anybody say, but uh, if Gugino would have been wearing his helmet instead of carrying his helmet, none of this would have even happened in the first place. Good point. Uh, he wasn't wearing the helmet. He was carrying it. That's, uh, that, that's an excellent point. Yeah, now you, Tony, and Jor are my favorite people of no color. You're doing a great job, man. <laughs> well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, bye-bye. Yeah, that's right. He had the helmet in his hand. 
Uh, yeah, I think that uh, when you when you state what your mission is, and he stated uh, on 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 his online that he uh, was hoping to cause some problems with the police. He had a sign. Uh, oh, Eva too. Good. We had a sign that um, uh, that that said, "You know what, the police," and uh, it turned out that that's exactly what he got. Now we don't wish anybody got injured for any reason. But what I'm saying is when you're out looking for trouble, you don't know what form that trouble is going to take. Now, you may have, uh, and and, uh, two, on the things going on on the first uh, couple of days downtown, you may be a peaceful protester. And indeed, that's wonderful. You have a right to it, and nobody's going to stop you from that. But sometimes you kind of get blended in with the mob. The mob is what we're talking about. When we talk about uh, groups of people, it's the mob. The mob The mob doesn't care. They don't care. They will hurt their own people. Think about it like this. They defy, defiled uh, the Lincoln Monument. Lincoln. Abe. Okay? The, the man who is popularly known to free the slaves. We fought a war over it. And they did, and so uh, why would minorities do that, unless they didn't care? And when you, and that's the reason I'm bringing up the um, uh, the dem the Democrats wearing the traditional African scarves. If they wore them because they knew the history of what the scarf represents, and uh, and they have some connection with it, that's fine. But to wear them just to wear them tells me they were pandering. They wore them all the same day. And after this day, unless there's some specific holiday, they'll be put in the closet and they'll stay there. Uh, Let's see. I don't have uh, time to go to another call right now. So let's go to Buzzy. Uh, Buzzy, do you have a Facebook page? Because we've got a lot of Facebooks, I can tell you that. We do have a lot of Facebooks, and we'll start with what we started the show with, talking about the president's tweet, was it better left or uh, unsaid or on the mark? And we'll start with Ruth, who says, I don't know if he said if what he said was right. I saw the video dozens of times, and I think that man was up to no good, should not have walked up the, to the police. However, maybe the president should have left it up to the investigation. Yeah, there are many times what I, and you know I'm a huge Trump fan. You know that. So that uh, I'll, I'll recognize that. Uh, but there are times when it's just best to leave it unsaid and walk away from it. You actually gain more traction like that. But that's not what he does. He doesn't do it. He's a different cat, a different breed of cat. He answers everything. He crosses every T and dots every I. And he works really, really hard. And he's about to start. Uh, Bernie, when did they say they were going to start the rallies? In a couple of weeks? Two weeks. They're going to start the rallies in two weeks. Now, it'll be interesting to see how many are there. To pra- uh, They'll have to still practice the uh, Corvid uh, V9, whatever it is. Uh, yeah. Uh, so we'll see what it looks like. Another one, please, Mr. Beamer. Oh, of course, Sandy. Michael said this is another example of why people say trust Trump by his actions, not his tweets. His tweets only do him a disservice when it comes to the election. Yeah, I don't know if anybody has his ear enough 
to say, uh, cut down on the tweets, okay? We understood during the campaign that you needed the tweets in order to get your message out unfiltered. However, uh, I think that's kind of played itself out. Uh, what do you, how do you guys feel about tweets? Should he keep doing it? Or would it be good to phase them out? Are they effective? What do you think? I don't know if they're effective. Uh, what is it, only 23% of the entire population even look at Twitter and uh, even less than that participate or uh, you know tweet themselves. So I don't know what uh, you're accomplishing here. seems that most people on Twitter are younger. Um, maybe he's trying to reach them, but I don't think he's doing a good job of it. So maybe, yeah, less tweeting might be better. But at the same time, I do love when he causes uh, some on the left to lose their minds. <laughs> All right. How about you, Buzzy? Uh, you uh, think that they're effective for him and should keep doing them or phasing them out? Yeah, I, you know, I've been I obviously support the president. I've been vocal about that. I've also been vocal about uh, sometimes he does himself more harm, I think. I, I mean, anytime the president seems to be having a good week or there's good news, say, about the stock market, the economy coming back, it is either a tweet or something he says right before he gets on the helicopter. And that's what it focuses on. He knows the media is going to focus on a soundbite more than it's going to focus on the success of the economy or rebuilding the economy. I don't know. I I wish he said a lot less and let his actions speak for him. All right. We'll take a break on News Radio 930. This is WBEN. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast and we are back with beach and company i'm sandy beach and tomorrow we're going to post something on our uh, facebook page a little interesting 
We have acquired Dan Neverth's high school picture. And we have mine. Uh, mine. I do have a bit of an advantage on mine. It was taken by Matthew Brady, famous Civil War photographer. Uh, he did our high school, uh, our Lunenburg High School <laughs> class book that year. Uh, but we're going to post two tomorrow, and you tell us the truth now. Which one is cuter, Dan Neverth <laughs> or me? I've and, seen his high school pictures. Yeah, wow. It, is, it definitely just screams uh, adjustment, adjustment, please. <laughs> <laughs> and mine, unfortunately, I was better looking when I was younger. I, that, that's my excuse. Now, on line three is Eva Doyle. Eva Doyle doesn't just talk the talk. She walks the walk. She gets out there and contributes to the community and our, uh, our level of knowledge every single day. Eva, thank you for calling. I haven't talked to you in a while. Yes, I've been real busy walking the walk. And talking. I bet you have one question before you start. What does the scarf, the African scarf that Congress wore a few days ago, what does it represent? What's the meaning of that scarf? That's what I, uh, one of the things I want to comment on, uh, Sandy. Um, I really don't have a problem with the members of Congress wearing Kente cloth or anyone else. But it will, it will not influence my vote. But I want people to know that if you wear Kente cloth, take the time to learn the history of the cloth. In Africa, the only people who could wear Kente uh, in ancient times were those of royalty, kings and queens, and every color and every design in the Kenti cloth has a specific meaning. There are more than 300 kinds of Kenti, and wow. the original cloth was white and black. So I just wanted to kind of share that a little bit. Uh, and the last thing, um, Sandy, this weekend the African-American community will celebrate Juneteenth virtually. And I will be one of the presenters. I just want to emphasize that Juneteenth celebrates the freedom of the slaves. But we also recognize this. Abraham Lincoln's Emancipation Proclamation did not free all of the slaves in 1863. It only freed the slaves in those states that were in rebellion against the Union. So when we celebrate Juneteenth this weekend and every time we celebrate it, we recognize that the slaves were not fully freed until 1865. So those well, it was, it was a good start, and uh, certainly uh, it, it was a feeling of momentum. That was something that uh, they wanted to have done for a long period of time, and the ball was rolling, and that certainly was a, a good start. Uh, uh, how are you going to uh, do a virtual Juneteenth? Uh, what, what's, uh, what will we see that's different? Well, um, I know... I know that the uh, Juneteenth committee has been working very hard for the last several months putting all this together. I don't know all the technology involved, but I know that I was uh, taped uh, doing at least two of the presentations, and they will be a part of the Juneteenth celebration. So I encourage people to go to the website this weekend. It's going to be Saturday and Sunday. And um, look at all the different parts, and, and you will see Evil Door somewhere along the line. Well, we usually do. Uh, it's, it's hard not to see it. And let me ask you this. Uh, you know how active you are in the community, what kind of time you spend each and every week. Are there enough people in the minority community doing what you do 
uh, to make it uh, totally effective? Yes, Sandy. You know, sometimes uh, we don't get the positive side of the African-American community as much as we should. But there are a lot of people like myself, educators. I kind of wished I had gone down yesterday to be a part of the educators who were in the rally, but sometimes I just don't have the time. But, yes, there are a lot of people, the entire Juneteenth committee, the Kwanzaa committee, and, and many people like us, we are trying to do as much positive as we can to turn around the negative things that we see happening in our community. And may I suggest, if you, if you haven't done it already, you do a lot of writing, you've got to sit down with Ann. Because you talk about straight talking, straight shooting. She is an amazing woman, and I think you would come up with an amazing interview and a column well worth reading if, you, if you'd like to do that sometime. I don't know if you know her or if you have ac access to and, uh, and getting in touch with her. I'm always in the media. I'm always on TV and so forth and so on. So I would certainly be willing to do that. So, Ann, if you want to get in touch with you, with me, I would be willing to do something like that. And thank you so much, Sandy, for allowing me to speak this morning. Always a pleasure, Eva. Thank you very much, Eva Doyle. Uh, she t she does it. She really does it. Uh, every time we talk to her, she's either doing some seminar, talking about a newspaper column, some event uh, going on at the library. Uh, she is an out there kind of person, uh, just doing what she's supposed to be doing, uh, according to her and her contributions all right let's uh let's go into the last break a little early about a minute and 20 early and then we'll start with more calls on news radio 930 this is wben uh, it is uh, beach and company i'm sandy beach okay let me move this over here and uh, go to bill on line one in eden bill you're on wben good morning sandy i agree with you that that wearing of those clothes was a kind of pandering and it's covering up like a past history. It's almost like if you had a beautiful rug and you swept dirt under the rug and you put the rug on top of it, you say, look how beautiful this is without trying to look and see what's underneath. So I have like a little mini history lesson of the Democratic Party in the United States that I think would be interesting if you'd like to hear it. Yeah, sure. Okay, so the actual the Democratic Party of the United States is the political party that defended slavery, started the Civil War, opposed Reconstruction, founded the Ku Klux Klan, imposed segregation, perpetrated lynchings, and fought against the Civil Rights Acts of the 1950s and the 1960s. So here's a little simple history. The Democratic Party was founded in 1829. Now, by comparison, the Republican Party was founded in 1854 as an anti-slavery party, and the Republican Party's mission was to stop the spread of slavery into the new western territories with the aim of abolishing it entirely. Now, in 1857, when we had the U.S. Supreme Court case of Dred Scott versus Sanford, that ruled that slaves are not citizens, but rather they were property. Right. Seven of the justices were Democrats, and the two that opposed it were Republicans. In 1860, four million slaves there were in the United States, all owned by Democrats, or maybe a handful of them changed over to the Republican Party because they saw the writing on the wall. John Wilkes Booth, who assassinated President um, Abraham Lincoln, was also a Democrat. Now, well, go ahead if you had a question. No, go, no, go ahead. Okay. In 1870, the first black senator and the first black congressman were sworn in. Both of them were Republicans. By, in 
Um, 22 blacks belonged to the Republican Party, and they'd served in the U.S. Congress by the year 1900. The Democratic Party of the United States did not elect a black man to Congress until 1935. Now, every black representative in the House was a Republican until 1935, and every black senator until 1979 was, too. We didn't have a black Democratic senator until 1979. Now, the Ku Klux Klan was founded by Nathan Bedford Forrest, also a Democrat, and a Democrat historian named Eric Foner, he's professor of history at Columbia University, noted, quote, in effect, the Klan was a military force serving the interests of the Democratic Party. Now, moving ahead to 1960, the Civil Rights Act of 1960, that outlawed poll taxes and other racist measures meant to keep blacks from voting. That was filibustered by 18 members of the Democratic Party for 125 hours, but not one Republican senator had opposed that bill. And then going back to now to the landmark follow-up Civil Rights Act of 1964, from which the political party... The, um, the only serious congressional opposition to that was also the Democratic Party, and they filibustered the bill for 75 days. Finally, the Republicans finally mustered the few extra votes needed to break the logjam. So that's like the history. I mean, people should really know that. Even President, Democratic President Lyndon Johnson, and I'm not going to say what he said, but just to give you a general idea, he said to give the black people just a little bit of stuff, not too much, and you'll have them voting Democratic for 200 years. Bill Clinton, I think, remember, he said that, you know, they should be serving us coffee. And um, the former travel chef, Tracy Martin, may he rest in peace, when he was uh, out in France and Hillary Clinton was the first lady there, she was having a tea with President, French President Jacques Chirac and his wife, and some black man came in, and she didn't please her. She actually used the N-word and said, you know, that guy, you know. You're kidding, really? I didn't know that. Yeah, they had that interview on WBEN on Tom Show, like, last year. So Wow, years. okay. But well, anyway. certainly, the, what, you're, what you're telling us, I, I, I knew bits and pieces of what you told me, but there's a lot of new, uh, new information to digest. Obviously, done a lot of homework on this. I, I feel about the Democratic Party, and it's not just because I'm, I'm a Trump fan. I feel that they're as, about as un-American as you can get. It's one thing to be in opposition to something, but uh, the, the un, uh, underlying sentiment should be that it's our country and we're going to work together to make it the best we can. I don't get that feeling from the Democrats at all. If you want to look that up for yourself, Sandy, just go to YouTube. Go to, like, Prager University and do a search on a video, and the name of the video is The Inconvenient Truth About the Democratic Party. Oh, I like that. Al Gore love it uh, with, with the title. Hey, thank you. Thank you for the call. Very well, very well done. I saw that uh, one this morning, as a matter of fact, so I knew yeah. where he was going. Very strong. Uh, let's go to uh, line two. That would be Michael. Michael, you're on WBEN. Um, I think that uh, it's kind of a, it always amounts to a straw man argument. All, all these, all these uh, uh, collective type groups. I mean, I, you can't have it both ways. You can't ask somebody to recognize your group in ways that you want, but not recognize your group in ways you don't want. And so. Um, you know, I think it's kind of nonsense. Um, when it comes to, uh, law enforcement, I think the reason there's such a backlash and it's so easy to kind of violate, um, 
rules um, for police is because the laws are so lawless. The laws are disgusting, and it's hard to enforce a lot of disgusting laws because it makes people angry. Well, one thing that <clears throat> that starts is that it just uh, it starts with on the street with a pullover by the cops. If if the person pulled over does what the cops say, it's fine, and they can work it out later. If they don't, it's not going to end well. And that's one of the, you know, it sounds like a small thing. It's not a small thing. It's a huge thing. On the national scene, I think uh, we ought to be able to get together to make sure that all laws apply to all of the uh, people that live here so that none of that is a straw man argument. It's a real argument. But the bottom line is trying to, uh, trying to label somebody who thinks differently from you uh, is where all the problems are. And you're not telling me all the cops are bad, all the white people are bad, you know, this, that, and the other thing. Those, those are real discussions. Well, I just think when any man commits murder, regardless of his vocation in life, it doesn't rep- he doesn't represent me. Oh, absolutely true. And- uh, that, that, that murder, because it was grisly, it was awful, and it was on video. And especially the last thing was, here's this six-foot, I think six-six man, a giant of a man. Uh, and, and he was dying, and he called for his mother. And I didn't know until this morning that his mother was deceased. I, that breaks my heart. That breaks my heart. Besides angering me, which, which it does, of the whole event. The thought that those were his last thoughts and his last words brings tears to my eyes. And that's why the, the, uh, the nation is set like it is right now. The intense anger over the event and then other people hijacking that event for political purposes. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Thank you. Thank you for calling. Uh, I guess he's not there. You feel the same way, Tony? That last thing was... Just the topper. As he was dying, he was calling for his mother. That breaks my heart. Yeah, it breaks my heart, too. Uh, in fact, I saw a video this morning of uh, a young girl who, uh, and I didn't have the audio on, so I didn't get to hear everything, but just from the, the visual I saw, a young black girl who was afraid when a police officer drove by, and it upset the officer so much, a female police officer, she got out of her car to talk to the little girl. I had tears in my eyes because nobody should go like that, should live like that, and I hate the fact that we have people in this country that, are, that think that the police are out to hunt them. They're not. They're good people out there. There are. You're going to find some piece of garbage cops in precincts throughout the country. We sure. have to eliminate them, but for the most part, people are good. And remember, remember it like this. This isn't one large group against another large group. It's not that. It's one-on-one. It's like the example Tony just gave or other examples of um, somebody said, and it's true, police do a lot of like what you would call a good deed call. Many more than what you see on on the police shows. No, but the media is going to fan the flame, and they're going to put the narrative out there that every cop is racist, that every cop is out to hunt down uh, black men. You got to look at what the media's role in all of this is. And think, yeah, and think of how the media presents it. They're in a studio with perfect lighting and perfect sound. They're at a beautiful desk, and they're uh, sitting to somebody else. They're wearing nice suits. 
they're in the moment, it's air conditioned in there, and they're having intellectual discussion about race. That isn't the way it works. It really works in the streets. That's where it works. Because you're under pressure, it's hot, you may be uncomfortable, you're not sure if the person you're approaching uh, wants to kill you. Think about that. Just simply that. How many cars would you walk up to at night, the windows up, uh, maybe even a little tinted, without thinking, uh, without knowing whether the person in there is going to hand you their registration and their license or going to try to kill you? I mean, think about that. Because not many people uh, put uh, themselves in that seat, and they have to. They really do. That about wraps it up. Uh, thanks to all of you today. We'll see you tomorrow on my grueling four-day week uh, with Beach and Company on News Radio 930 WBEN. Sandy Beach WBEN studio rings out in support of those who rang the Roswell Park Comprehensive Cancer Center victory bell today in celebration of a victory, large or small. Elvis has left the building. Oh, I wish we never had to leave the beach. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. What the hell do you know, you ignorant bastard? We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.